Welcome to a brand new episode of Views of NX Podcast, and I'm your host, Lama. I'd like to thank y'all all for tuning in. We'll have various guests come on this podcast to talk about it at. Now, we're up to episode 78, but let's talk about 77. A lot of y'all has something to say about this episode. It was the most commented episode, the most viewed in one day. Like, a lot of you really checked this episode out. And I know why. It's because of what he was saying, the story. Y'all want to hear from his ex. Yeah, it was a lot. It was a lot to unpack there. And um, I thank Sean for being a, a good sport, telling his full story. Uh, it, yeah, I said it's one of the best men episodes, and, and it's up there. I still like Angus. I still like Tahoe's episode. But Sean episode is up there. Now, I don't know about y'all, but I do want to hear the X side of the story. So, Magazine, if you're out there, please reach out. I want to hear your side of the story. I have so many questions. And there's not too many times I want to hear the other side. But this, in this case... I need to hear her side because, man, it was a lot. But anyway, if you haven't heard episode 77 featuring Shawnee on the mic, go listen to that. It's a great episode. And now we are up to episode 78 and it features Imani, the hippie mom. Uh, she's seen my artwork, the Still Healing Please Wait, that I spray paint on the sidewalk. She's seen it in Yonkers and she reached out to me. She was like, I love this message. Um, keep doing your thing, whatever. And she'll see things on my page and comment on it. She even checked out the podcast. Um, one day she DM'd me and she was like, I have a story to tell. Um, I would love to come on your podcast. I was like, sure. I'm, I'm never denying people. I, I should do a better vetting system, but I'm normally I'd never like deny you to come on the podcast. You got a story to tell. I'll let you tell it. And in this case, I was like, you're mobile. You can come to me or I can come to you. And she was like, yeah, you can come to my, my place. Uh, she has this beautiful loft. It's very warm, calm, and, and cozy. She made tea for me. And she has these alternative cigarettes. Um, she makes some for anxiety, depression, all types of things. And she gave me the one that's for anxiety. She was like, how you feeling? And I was like, I'm stressed out because my job and everything like that. But she gave me the one that was for anxiety. And we were sitting there talking and smoking. <clears throat> and during the conversation, it was so good. We were talking about narcissism. Um, I just press record. So when you hear this episode, it's in the middle of our conversation and it just jumps right in. So um, we were talking about narcissism and she had notes written down and everything like that. Uh, the cigarettes was calming me down. like, And we just we just got right into the episode. So it was a very calm episode. She talks about an ex that she was with that was a narcissist. Just one of those pretty boys that just did his own thing. And Imani stayed. She stayed for several reasons. And she tells she tells the reasons why on this episode. They had a kid together. He just did a whole bunch of like crazy things. And she tells it all. So feel free to comment about this episode on the IG page. Or if you personally know me, you can send me a message. Um, also, rate and review this podcast on the Apple Podcast app. Just scroll down. Search Views of the Next. Scroll down. You should see the stars. You can leave a review or just rate the podcast. As well as Spotify, they have a new rating system, so you could do it on there as well. Um, I do have merch available on Views of NX page. And also sign up to the Patreon. I will have some new content on there. I'm just trying to figure everything out. I'm trying to teach myself how to do new things, you know? So be patient with that. If you're intrigued to buying the alternative cigarettes that Imani is selling, she has it on her page. She has a link to buy. So support her. Those, those alternative cigarettes are good made me feel calm um hope y'all enjoyed this episode a 
I'll see you next time. Bye. I attract similar energies. I yeah, would say. yeah. When, when it comes to people, what's the energy that you attract? People, you would say? I like to help people. Okay, so people that need help mm. in different ways. So it could be like, oh, um, emotionally, I need help. Mm. Financially, I need help. And mm-hmm. in, in that way. So then you would be <clears throat> like definition by definition an empath. An empath. And then a narcissist is like one who really just feeds on empaths because empaths are like you said they like to help people they're Mm -hmm. filled with light they usually are healers in some way Mm -hmm. um and narcissists love that because they want to be the center of attention they feed off of that you wanting to be their savior they love that yeah um and how to kind of like attract differently i think it's just like choosing to see the red flags and not repainting it in the beginning, you'll always see a person for what they are. Mm-hmm. And I think we go into this weird, like, Oh, well the potential and this yeah, and that. I'll be attracted to the potential. Me too. And I end up wasting years. <laughs> Four or five years. <clears throat> easy. Yeah. 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 Like, damn, you're still stuck here. Yep. And it's hard for me to leave at that point. Cause I put in so much time. Because you're at that point, you're too invested. Yeah, yeah. That's weird how that works, right? Yeah, that codependency thing is a real thing. I started to realize, like, what are my attachment styles? Mm -hmm. And I do this because I can't afford therapy. So that's why I'm here, too. (laughs) (laughs) But I, you know, I'm like just trying to figure out myself. Why do I do the things that I do? It took a really long time for me to recognize that because I kept going after the same Energy, Alex. Right? Oh, Alex. Oh. Yeah, Alex. Wait, wait, before we yeah. get there. Okay. We met because you seen one of my graffiti posts. Yes. Still healing, please wait. On a the year floor. ago. A year ago. I've come to Yonkers here and there and I sprayed one of Yonkers mm-hmm. and you seen it and you mm-hmm. hit me up. I forgot what you said. That was a long time ago. But we connected that mm-hmm, way. Mm-hmm. And we've been on IG and you'll see some stuff. You're like, oh, I like this. I like that. And you randomly is like, I got a story to tell you. Yeah. And I'm like, okay. Like, all right. So I looked at your page and I'm like, she was, I was like, she can't, she, you're the hippie mom. That's your yeah. name, the hippie mom. And I'm like, I know she wasn't this hippie mom all her life. No. She came from somewhere. <laughs> and I'm looking at pictures and looking at your pictures. And I'm like, she's hip. She's not a full hippie. Like she's, I could tell you dabbled in a modern hippie. (laughs) Yeah, I'm a modern hippie. (laughs) I could tell like, yeah, you could go to the hood and and adapt. You could go to the, y'all get a bad label. Like that, (laughs) you know what I'm talking about? Like the, my Erica Badu types, my Afro punk types. I get a bad label. So you could freak with that club. You go to the hood and freak with that club too. Like you could do whatever you could, you can mingle. I love Erica Badu. Me too. That's my wife. That's my wife. But um, I look, I'm like, yeah, she must have came from somewhere. This will probably be an interesting story. Mm. And then I'm looking at your page. You have a son. Yes. And um, you said he's, it was one video. You said he suffers from something where he used to be able to talk. And yeah. he can't speak like that anymore. Yeah. So my, you're trying to heal him. My son is, uh, is diagnosed as autism. 
Okay. Um, so he's on the autism spectrum, but he wasn't always like this. So okay. brief story about that. He had taken a shot mm-hmm. after the shot completely changed him. Um, what kind of shot was this? The MMR. And all kids need that, right? Yeah. That's what they say. It's for the measles. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So at the time, I was like hippie, but I wasn't totally there. And I wasn't aware of vaccines. But I realized that I didn't want to inject my kid Mm -hmm. with 20-something shots in that first year. Right, right. So I I told the doctor that I was going to go by my schedule. I hadn't been at a like a the doctor's office in like four months or something. So my son was behind mm-hmm. and they come in, the nurse comes in first off, super pissed. And he, she goes, you know, you're behind. We could call CPS on you. Really? And me being 22 or 23 at the time, I just was like, I can't lose my son. Like, yeah, yeah. So I was like, well, what? I don't want I don't want that to happen. What do you want me to do? And she was like, you're going to have to catch up on all these shots. So mm. in that one sitting, they did four shots. Wow. Yeah. And that was the switch right there. Jude had taught Jude, my son, um, my little angel. He had all like he wasn't like completely verbal, but he had words. Yeah, yeah. And he was identifying colors. He was reading. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Then it came to that that one doctor's visit and the injury just like, I remember one time, like that night he fell asleep. He had uh, no appetite. He wakes up screaming, a scream that I remember and still haunts me to this day. It's like the loud, it was so high pitched. Yeah, yeah. Um. I gave him Tylenol to bring down the fever. Um, And I think the reaction to whatever the shots were with the Tylenol. Oh, it was a bad. Wow. A bad mix. Was it. That was the injury right there. Yeah. Um, And that's it. Like, he went from talking to not talking. And. When you say not talking, like, no words come out at all? No. Now he's nonverbal. Yeah. Yeah. What? So on top of the crazy heartbreak that I was dealing with at that time with his dad, um, then I get that realization that my son is no longer like himself. And that was the biggest heartbreak ever. Mm-hmm. Um, forget his dad. That right there was the biggest. Did you blame yourself? Oh, my God. I blamed myself. I, I blame modern medicine. I blamed Western medicine. I, I think it really created the person I am today because I just want to know what the alternative is. Mm-hmm. You know, I want to go back to the roots. Like, what did our ancestors do? Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, that's where the hippie mom was born. So got you. That's yeah. That's the origin. <laughs> nice. You got me here smoking some hey, some stuff, and it's like, it. it's like this is not weed, that's but this it. is um, this is some healthy stuff. I'm <laughs> inhaling it. I'm like, I, I taste mint. Pepper. Like it's all types of stuff in there. The tea, like you're good. Now y'all get a bad rep another way when um when it comes to like herbs and and medicine and stuff like that because yet 
It's like, do I trust this person? Mm. Do I not trust this person? It's not FDA approved. Mm. So yeah, I get mm-hmm. a bad rep in that nature. Yeah. How do you, um, like when you come across people that, that look at you funny when it comes to like, oh, you're trying to offer them something, they look at you funny. How do you approach that? Yeah, I don't question what's in <laughs> Pepsi, right? Coke. You're not questioning what's in um, vaccines. Like, if you really want to go vaccine? back, no, I didn't, and right. I and I feel some type of way with the mandates. You know, yeah, yeah. I think that we should all have freedom of will, mm-hmm. willpower. Like, it should always be in our hands. Our health should always be in our hands. When the government starts telling you, you got to do this in order to go here. You need this paper in order to work. Right, right. I think that's where. It's kind of iffy. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's when we're we're going into like uncharted territories. Like, are we ever going to get the freedom that we had before? Probably not. Mm-hmm. And it's because we're just giving it away because right. we're scared, you know, right, yeah. rightfully so. But yeah. Okay. Okay. Um, tell us a little bit more about yourself. So you're an herbalist. You say I'm you're herbalist. a writer. And yeah. Would you, do I call you a real name? Yeah, or, you can call right, me so my name. Your name is Imani. Mm-hmm. Tell us a little bit more about yourself. So, yeah, I'm an herbalist. And then I told you how that came to be with my son. And I just mm-hmm. really just want to heal him. And I truly feel that way because I had a dream. I'm going to get all Erica Badu on you. <laughs> um, but I had a dream and God woke me up in my dream and was like, He's autistic, but not for long. You're going to heal him. Mm. I get a lot of, <laughs> I get a lot of feedback from that story because it's like, you can't heal autism. You can't, you know, and I don't think, I think that everything is interpretation. Perhaps God really meant, or the spirit meant, you're going to heal him to talk again. You know what I mean? Yeah. But when I heard those words, that was it. You know, that was it for me. I realized that, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to find out how, like what, what I can do to reverse the damage. I started going into gut health Mm -hmm. and realizing like our gut is our second brain, you know? Yeah. Totally. Because when I'm stressed, my, it's like a tightness there. Yeah. And then when I'm, I'm good, it's, I'm free. Think of like when you eat something that just doesn't agree with you. Mm -hmm. And then you're foggy and you're quick tempered and you don't feel like you're not sharp. That is all gut health. And that's all linked to the brain. It's Mm. like two and two. So if you can heal your gut, guess what? You could heal your brain. Yeah. Um, It seems like two plus two equals four, but it is a whole. What about the gut when it comes to sex? Yeah, that's a huge that's huge too. Yeah, because for me, <laughs> let's talk like, about it. When I'm stressed and I have that gut feeling, I don't want to be. I don't want to have sex at all. Yeah. And then let's say I'm with a woman and she wants to have sex, and she's like, "What's wrong with you? Like you don't?" I'm like, "I'm just not feeling it." But they're not trying to hear that. It just like, "Yo, what's up with you?" So I was like, "It has to be something there that that if I relieve it and and, and heal that part, then I'll be back to normal." When you when you mean like gut, are you meaning like you're just not feeling good? No, it's it's a tightness. Like when okay. I'm stressed and I'm um. That's anxiety. My mood, yeah, that's what it is. Mm-hmm. 
I don't want to be sexually active at all. Yeah. And I can feel it in my gut, like the tightness. And it's like all, everything is working with each other. Yeah. It's like my brain, my brain may want to have sex, but my body is like, nah. Nah. Yeah. Right. I think for someone like you and I think for anyone who's in their heads, right? Because we're Gemini's. <laughs> we live in their, our heads and we are constantly overthinking. Um, I think you need to do a lot of foreplay. I think you need the touching. You need the words of affirmation. You need mm -hmm. all of that. And then you maybe need like time where it's not an expected or expectation that you're going to have sex. Because for me... If there's an expectation there, I don't want to do it. See, I'm not yeah. trying to do it. You know what I mean? Unless I'm already in the headspace. If I know like, okay, we can't do it because we're pressed on time. That's it. I want to have sex. <laughs> like, <laughs> it's like the thrill. Yeah, it's the gotcha. thrill. It's That's the thrill. Funny. All right. So I think that for you too, you probably need to drink your tea you need yeah. to have that conversation you need like just intimacy on that level right on that yeah. intellect level yeah. before you can feel comfortable That's, yeah mm -hmm. yeah you're right about that yeah <laughs> yeah about it yeah <laughs> all right um now let's get to the story so, yes already you calling this guy alex so i'm gonna ask you like yeah his name is well, alex. i do ask how do they look okay oh this is an interesting one He's about 5'10". Okay. Um, Spanish. God, how does he look? What's your background? I'm Puerto Rican and black. All right. My dad is black. My mom's Puerto Rican. Mm -hmm. um, he looks like Johnny Depp in the early days. Skinny. Skinny. The, the dreamy, like... Yeah. Mysterious eyes. Okay. Don't fall for that shit. <laughs> By the way, that's, okay. that's so a he tactic. Was a, uh, he was like a lover boy, kind of. Total lover boy. All right, all right. Everyone saw it but me. Saw so what? That lover boy aspect, like mm. the fuck boy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I did not see that shit. And I, I would constantly repaint that. I would be like, no, he's not like that. No, he's so different. Like, and my mom, my mom was the first one to call that shit out. My she was like, knowing. she was like, um, he's not about just you. You know that, right? And I remember her telling me that. And I was like, what do you mean? Like, right. You don't know him like I know him. Otherwise, she was right. She was right. So, yeah. so yeah, he was like the early version, early 90s of Johnny Depp. Um. Uh, he was into rock music. He was a musician in church, and that's how we met. Mm -hmm. um, <laughs> I don't think I'm ever going to date church boys, by the way. Oh, my God. <laughs> At all? Yeah, I'm good. You got you to gotta explain why. I just... you just shaking your head no. Like <laughs> <laughs> You know, the spiritual boys are the worst. And I, and I say that because if they're not really awakened spiritually uh -huh. and if it's just an act you'll fall for that act i think you have to be spiritually awakened too to kind of call out the bullshit mm -hmm. if you are doing it just purely for an aesthetic 
they're gonna ca- they're gonna you gonna eat that shit up. Right, right, right. You start to realize, wait, this person got layers and layers. You know what I mean? Yeah. But yeah, I'm definitely not gonna do church boys anymore because I think there's just weird like guilt that comes with mm-hmm. them. Mm-hmm. And I'm like a pretty sexual being. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Sex has always been the controversial part when it comes to church boys. Yeah. Because I hear that a lot. Yeah, yeah. It's that guilt that follows. And I think because they they box themselves in this like, God wouldn't want me to do this. God wouldn't want me to do that. They go full throttle when it comes to sin. Yeah. You know yeah. what I mean? The people that are religious going to hear this and be like, yeah, fuck her. <laughs> but- I know. And and <laughs> you know what? And I say that without negating my relationship with God. Because I'm, I am, like, even to this day, I go to Bible study, you know, and I, and I have my own spiritual practices. I love my relationship with God. But, again, I think it's the pretend Mm-hmm. Christians that I just I'm not doing no more like got you I got like your walk has to be it has to align with how you talk to yeah. you can't just talk a good game anymore yeah, like it, yeah yeah that's fair all right into the story like Alex so we, Alex speaking yeah. about Alex uh, describe yourself at this time when you met Alex okay oh, and then we're gonna get into how you met him because you wasn't the hippie mom right I've always been hippie uh, you know, no bra kind of girl. <laughs> <laughs> I think um, yeah, I was telling you before we started that I was into festivals and hula hooping and, mm-hmm. you know, doing all types of stuff, psychedelics and shit. So that's always kind of been my thing. Um, who was I before? I don't it's so hard. I don't even know who that person is, but insecure, mm. you know. Um, put a lot of time in her physical appearances. Um, someone who needed a lot of healing, you know, and I, I don't just say that because of this experience. I just say that because of the mindset I was in. I constantly felt like I had to prove that I was lovable mm. in order to feel lovable. Wow. Um, and I, I recognize that now, but before, I feel like I didn't realize I wasn't aware. Um, self-awareness is a huge thing now, you yeah. know? Gotcha. But oh. yeah, someone who, someone who was naive. There you go. Gotcha. All right. Yeah, that puts it all into Yeah. Play. Someone who's naive. And where did you meet Alex? Church. At church? <laughs> at church. <laughs> I met him at church. He was like. He was a frequent goer? He used to be a musician on stage, like for worship. Mm-hmm. And he yeah. was looking at him like, well, he played the drums? He would play uh, the bass. Okay. And, and was I was like, looking at boom, him boom, like, boom, ooh, boom, boom. who's that like, new guy on the bass guitar? <laughs> <laughs> and then how did y'all like kick it off? Um, I think I went to a house party he was throwing. And um, I we hooked up for that first day. Like, that first time we finally like kissed. Okay. At the party? At the party. Oh, but then I, and then I catch, I caught him. Like I was like, we were, you know, 
vibing his shit. And I was like, where did Alex go? And I, I go in his room and he's hooking up with another girl. Ooh. So that should have been red flag. Yeah. Number one. Yeah. But my ass was like, ooh, a challenge. <laughs> and, yeah. you know, 20 year olds. Yeah. Yeah. So the girl, how did you react this when you seen that? I cried and I went home in a cab. From that party? Yeah. And what was your response to him? I was just like. Oh, I seen you with that. Yeah, I was like, what the fuck, man? We just, we just kissed. Like, yeah. it was so weird. It was like, he just completely was for himself. I should have seen it from the jump. But again, like I said, like, do not ignore those red signs. Like, those red flags. Those are huge indicators mm -hmm. of what is going to happen in the relationship. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So getting back with Alex, how did that, how did that even come about? Because you already hurt from yeah, this party. from that party. And that was your first time, like, actually, like, messing with each other. Yeah, so then he calls me the next day, and he's like, hey, I don't know what I did. Mm -hmm. I was pretty drunk. And I was like, well, I'll tell you what you did. <laughs> and he was, like, very apologetic. He's like, let me make it up to you. And I just was like, I'm done. I'm over it. Um, fast forward a year. Um, I finally, and I was in a relationship at that time too. So all right, all right, twenty, you know. But I was in a relationship with somebody who was. This is your first boyfriend. That was my first boyfriend ever. I lost my virginity to him. Wow. Um, but we were we were quickly growing out of that relation that space, and fast forward a year, we break up. <clears throat> I see Alex at the church um and i'm like hey yeah like you know i'm single <laughs> <laughs> and that was that i think that was it right there we just never stopped hanging out and uh i don't remember i don't remember a time where we were like okay let's make it official it kind of just like stayed from that point on to four years so yeah, i never had an anniversary date i never mm, not really anything. no like no, that? I I feel like it might have been in February, but no. That's how, like, I wasn't really into the whole, like, anniversary dates because he wasn't into it. Right, right. But I really was into that stuff. It's just, like, he didn't make a big deal out of it. I was like, oh, okay. You know what I mean? So you was in a relationship based on, like, his needs was the focus. All the time, yeah. All right, all right. Because if you enter anniversaries, it's like, all right, let's 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 establish something. Yeah. But his needs was the, was mainly the focus. Yeah. And you're like, I want to keep this guy. I have to do everything he say or he That wants. was, yes, that you hit it right on the nail. I feel like I was constantly at service to him. And mm. I just wanted to prove, again, that I was lovable. And I'm like, well, maybe if I cooked like this or I cooked more, if I didn't make a big stink out of little things like anniversaries. It wouldn't be that, you know, like yeah, yeah. difficult to love me or maybe he'd like fall really madly in love with me. Um, yeah. And that was not the case. Like it was always a constant proving myself. Look how amazing I am. Mm -hmm. And uh, yeah, I think the art of seduction is when you don't care. Yeah. Yeah. Like, you really cannot 
he's super invested. Yeah. And what, I, what did your friends say? First, oh. your friends, and what did your family say about Alex? Oh, uh, they, I mean, everybody, they saw what I was seeing towards the end. He played a really good role in hiding who he was. He was very charismatic, mm-hmm. super articulate, um, could hold a conversation about anything. Mm-hmm. Um, he was like really easy on the eyes. So that made it really easy for you to just be fooled. Uh, my family and friends were supportive. Mm-hmm. You know, they had no idea what was going on behind closed doors. And you um, never said anything? Huh? Well, we didn't get to the story, the, the meat and juice. Yeah. Just, I know something fucked up must have happened because you're yeah. saying like, yo, they don't know that. They had no idea. No. But yeah. It, who he really was. But he showed, he put this front on to make him look like a good guy. Yeah. Him. He had a really good, like, he was an actor for sure. He could okay. switch that shit on and off. What was his sign? A Capricorn. He be capping. Look, see? I don't How be, do you I, feel about caps, by the way? They be capping. They, they be, be capping. <laughs> 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 they be lying. Yo, they be yeah. lying. And I, I never dated one. I never did. Oh, hold on, let me, let me think back. I never dated a, a, a Capricorn, but the males that I come across, it's like, why you gotta lie? Like to fit in. And it's like, I don't know. The Capricorn men are all about money or hustle, rather. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, they be capping. That, I mean, that's the biggest. Yeah. Like, I had two friends that were Capricorns, and both. Our friendships ended because they be lying. Yeah. It's like, you don't got a lot of me. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. So that, that, that's how I refer to them. Every time I hear it, I'm like, Cap- Cap- yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's a lesson. I don't know. If, I mean, if there was ever a sign, I was like, I don't think I'm going to fuck with this anymore. It's definitely Capricorn. They said that about us, the Geminis. They could go suck several. <laughs> I'm like, nah, we ain't the worst. Yeah, no, we're not. Mm-hmm. I don't think so. I think cancers are the worst, but that's just me. They're emotional. Cancers are, no, 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 no. Pisces. I, know, I never Oh my with a God, Pisces. Pisces. Pisces men are just like. This could be a whole episode. Oh, but. <laughs> we, we could really get into Zodiacs, which I'm really into. <laughs> But yeah, Pisces men are just very emotional altogether. Gotcha. Yeah. So it's like water signs. Ugh, they emotional. stay crying. <laughs> <laughs> water. I got it. All right. So fast forward a little bit. Yeah, I start dating. You said y'all went into it without establishing a relationship. Yeah. It just what was your dates like? What was what was hanging out with Alex like? Oh man. Did um, you have fun? Yeah, so oh, much right, right, fun. Right. We had so much fun. That was the premise of our relationship, which was just mad fun and mad sex. <laughs> <laughs> so we were sinning, yeah. We were sinning. That's what I mean. Like, see. Um. Now you said at that time, well, early in your years, she was into drugs. Was he into drugs as well? Yeah. All right. We did. We did a, a lot of mostly weed. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't start like experimenting until the times where. We broke up because mm-hmm. I I knew for a fact he wasn't going to be about that. Yeah. Um, But I do remember a time where we took Molly and we went to a concert. What? <laughs> and that was a lot of fun. <laughs> yeah, that was a lot of fun. We were. You got to see the joy in her face. <laughs> took her back. <laughs> Yo, you just brightened I'm up. I'm so different now, though. It's so funny. <laughs> 
Like what? Oh man, I, I get like that about herbs and vitamins. Yeah. Now I'm like, yes. I, I never like I don't never tested anything out but weed. Okay. Like I have, I <laughs> my friend gave me shrooms for my birthday, and they probably dried out by now. Or, or you rotten. never took it? Mm-mm. Oh, I think you'd really enjoy it. I had it since May, and it's just sitting there. Wow. I'm scared. Scared. What are you scared of? What's gonna happen? I don't know. Like I don't know that. I know people that do shrooms, but they just saying, "Yo, just do it." Especially you as a creative, just do it. I'm like, I don't want to. I'm scared. You got to be in the right headspace. The thing about psychedelics. They always tell me that, yeah. The thing about psychedelics is it gives you a map of how healthy you are mentally. Gotcha. All right. If you are dealing with some demons, don't do it. Mm. Don't do it because you won't see them. I'm going to see the demons. You won't see them. See, that's shit like that. That scares me. I don't, I'm just let it sit there. No, <laughs> I feel that. There. I feel that. Um, so you said your dates and stuff like that, hanging out with Alex was very yeah. fun. Give me your best moments with him. So that Molly time. <laughs> <laughs> that I can tell. Yeah, that's one. What's another one? Um, oh man, we had so much fun. We would go camping. We would go to festivals. I remember one time we went to this festival called Firefly. I, I remember that was years ago. Yeah. yeah. That's the only one they did? They do it regularly. I think I don't know since the pandemic what it's like, but All right. yeah, we drove and we camped and that was fun. That was mm-hmm. a lot of fun. We I don't think we experimented with drugs. We were just high on life. Yeah. That time. Um and weed for sure. <laughs> um Yeah, this is a different experience with this guy from your previous uh, boyfriend. Oh yeah, so different. So the first boyfriend mm-hmm. was super like he was a Libra. He was very like, we got along and it wasn't that toxic. But again, it was so charged because we were so young mm-hmm. that it felt like if we met again and we did that relationship, it would probably be a really good relationship. Okay. I was way too young to understand what I was feeling. He was older? He was he was about two years older, but you know, it's still very young. Yeah. Um, but yeah, he was calculated. He was very like family mm-hmm. you know what i mean all the all the values that i need now yeah or what i look for now was him uh but again i wasn't in i, I want to have fun he was yeah. just like very like laid back chill yeah gotcha so you left him at alex and alex was like life of the party yeah he, he was, was the life of the party he was like beer punk <laughs> 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 um smoke weed every day yeah. uh all of that um and then, you know, he'd flash his guitar skills and the girls would, like, melt. And, and how would you react to that? Oh, my God. I was he a flirt? A big flirt? Yes. Yeah. Huge. Um, I would be so pissed. I'd be like, yo, why do you seek external validation all the time? Mm. Um, again, these are all signs of a narcissist because... Narcissists, they live off of the approval of others. They, mm. do, they are very insecure. I have a theory that narcissists are actually empaths because you can't be that sensitive to people's, I don't know, triggers mm-hmm. or if without feeling that, right? Right. There's just a disconnect. So where, with empaths, I feel like we feel everything. We harvest it all. Yeah, yeah. They feel everything and they use it to their advantage. Mm, that's a power. That's a, a special power. It is. Yeah. It's a huge power to have. 
imagine being able to use someone else's like biggest weakness against mm-hmm. them yeah. and then holding that over their heads all the time. Yeah. Like you just, you'll have them at your call. Fingertips. You know yeah. what I mean? It was weird. Like we'd go into any setting, any public setting and people would just gravitate towards him. And, um, women, mm-hmm. always, always someone either texting or sliding in the DMs. And again, this was something that I was like, well, at least my man comes home with me at night. That's how you took That's it? That's how I took that shit. Now, was you getting, was you getting uh, uh, hit up by other guys and, and, and texts like that? How would you respond to those? Um, I would kind of like, I wouldn't pay. I was so in love that none of that really mattered to me. Mm. I was like, okay, whatever. Um, there were times where he would like look in my inbox and see all of it and he'd be so pissed. Um, that was another thing. Like the things that he could get away with, he only him alone could. Mm-hmm. And if I were to ever try, let's say, being as external, like extroverted as him, or if I like was as flirty as him, he'd he'd flip out when we got home. You know, he would or when we were in private, he'd mm. be like, You're a fucking hoe. Like just yeah. Really? Yeah. The verbal abuse was really out of control. And I think that's really where it started be- to begin the psychological abuse um, was when he just would, he would get really angry and just say like the craziest shit to me. Into which I have to say that I also played a huge part in that as well, because I'm not going to sit here and say, mm-hmm. oh, I didn't do anything. I was like completely amazing. Ooh, yeah. What was you doing? I was also like vindictive. Like, oh, I'm going to find somebody else. Ah. Like, you know what I mean? You know, girls always love yeah. doing that. And <clears throat> I feel like I constantly was always like one foot out the door. Like, I'm going to fucking leave you. Like, get your shit together. But that's four or five years of hearing that. Mm. A person's not taking you serious. How long you not leaving. The whole relationship was what? It was four years. So we were together for three of those years. And then I had my son. Mm-hmm. Um, and even after all the infidelity and all of that and finding out the craziest shit to Wait, we're gonna get there. Cra- okay. Hold on. So he would do his thing. Yeah. Find out if you were doing a slight of what he was doing, that he would get mad. He would, yeah, he would You would out. never get mad at him for doing his thing. <sighs> yes, yes, but I was it... super forgiving. Okay. Um, okay. and I would take him back like right away. And now what was what 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 did that look like? When you taking him back, what would bring you back together? Was it sex? Was it just him hitting you up like, yo, let's go out for dinner or like Yeah. What was it, that what was that what did that look like? It was usually a text that said, I can't live without you. I'm gonna kill myself. Oh that, that, <laughs> that suicide shit. <laughs> that always. suicide shit. It's like if that don't work, <laughs> then this shit over. Please answer, I'm gonna kill myself. Please answer. Suicide drink. I'm guilty for it. You used to do that shit. I did it for the girl that inspired this podcast. No way. And that shit didn't work. Damn, he was toxic as fuck. Yeah, she would have let me die probably. (laughs) Damn, I'm about to jump off. That's it. She was like, left on scene, left on red. Yeah, (laughs) nigga, do it. I don't care. (laughs) 
If yeah. that the suicide thing don't work, then she's really over. Then she's done. Yeah. No, but as soon funny. as the suicide, I'm like, oh my god, no, don't kill yourself. Yeah. Um. Right back in, right? Right back in. Right back in the vortex. Right back in that that. I don't know. It was just complete control. It felt like I was under a spell. Mm. And I think to a degree I was spiritually, I feel like my soul was binded to his soul. Mm -hmm. And I truly, truly, I mean, going back to my Christian roots, believe in soul ties. That shit is real. Yeah. That shit is real. It is. And you can't get away from that person no matter what. No. No. Yeah. Even even knowing all the things you know, it's like your mind, there's a disconnect between your mind and your heart. Mm -hmm. Your heart is under this spell. Your mind is telling you these are the facts. Leave. Yeah. Yeah. And you're just making excuses. You're trying to find the good, the potential. Mm -hmm. And that potential shit will fuck you up. Yeah. Yeah. Can I curse? Yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> I didn't I'm know. asking you what's off, what's off limits. And you, oh, yeah, I don't you do care. All right. You but, can ask away. Man. Um, so you'd be right back in it. And you did three years of that, you said? Yeah. Three years of just going back and forth in that toxic um, cycle of honeymoon stage. Yeah. Um, then it'd be a fight. Then it'd be a breakup. Then it'd be back to... Reconciliation. Now, during this reconciliation. process yeah, of the breakup part, mm-hmm. did you meet anybody else? Yeah. Um, I cheated on him. Or I wouldn't say cheated because it was breaks, right? Yeah. I had somebody. I had a few somebodies. Mm-hmm. Um, but again, it wasn't, it wasn't like I was cheating because I, or not cheating, but hooking up with people because I wanted to. It was more of like, aha, like, look at me. Yeah. You know? And... It was only mainly to affect him. So that's what I mean. Like there were, there so were So he would toxic. see these things. Huh? How, how did he, he would see you with someone else? Yeah. Cause I would put that shit in his face. Oh my God. I can't even, I do remember there was one time he was like. A hippie mom is toxic. Oh, it was it, before my healing journey. <laughs> I was so toxic. That's why when anybody tells me anything, I can't even judge. Yeah. Yeah. Cause I'm like. Yeah. Done it way worse. <laughs> but there was one time where I was scrolling and I was trying to show him something and a dick pic came up. No way. The guy's dick was way bigger than his too. And he was tight. Like he was so mad. <laughs> he left the he left the house. Like he was like, fuck you. Like just so pissed. Wait, wait, wait. You just scrolled past it. He was like, what's that? It was that big. He was like, what the fuck? <laughs> yeah. Shit popped he out of the phone. Huge. It was 3D. And then I said, wait, 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 scroll back up. I think it was like <laughs> subconsciously, like I think I did it on purpose. That guy's dick that's, was way bigger though. That was up. <laughs> so that's you fucked his head up. Yeah. So psychologically, you messing him up. He, that's what I'm saying. Like, yeah. I'm not gonna say Because now he's like, outside, like, fucking a nigga with a big dick. Oh, wow. Yeah. Like, no way. <laughs> Like you can't even have sex after that. I don't, I don't. At me, I'm like, knowing like, I could be having sex, knowing that somebody else was in here, like, like, no. I told you I live in the hood. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that that probably fucked him up. And yeah, it definitely fucked with him. It fucked with him. It, there were a lot of, I mean, I I always think that maybe I 
picked up some of his narcissist narcissistic ways. Yeah. Ways. Um, not that I'm a narcissist in any way, because I truly have empathy at the mm-hmm. end of the day. Um, but I I picked up his traits, and that's kind of something that you have to unlearn too, because mm-hmm. you're you become so intertwined with somebody, you begin to like what they like. You yeah, begin yeah, to yeah. just everything. You guys are you become one, right? That's right. the soul bound. That's the soul tie. Mm-hmm. Um, there were a lot of things that he was doing that I ended up picking up, and I would do right back to him, like this is your own medicine kind of thing. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I mean, I see the fault, you know, I see where I messed up and I am making it my life's mission to undo that, unlearn that because Mm -hmm. I don't want to, I don't want to ever be in a relationship or ever do that to somebody else to prove a point. Right, right, right. Like if I had to do all of that, like it's not even worth it to me. Mm -hmm. You're able to walk away now. Oh yeah. That's good. That's good. So yeah, bounced back. Even after that, yeah, bounced back and became one again. Yeah. And how was that? Like after him finding out something like that, if you've been with other people. Yeah. Did he treat you any different? Was he more distant? No, it was it was always like a so that's the thing. So we would fight and the, the sex after was incredible. Like mm-hmm. we would fight I'm and then, you did it on purpose to get Yeah, sex. I think I think so. I think at times we oh would just make God. that's what I'm saying. So toxic. But yeah, like that after, like, it was so passionate, so filled with like, I was going to lose you kind of shit. And yeah, yeah, yeah. you get used to that. You like start craving that after that makeup sex. So you create these problems. And it was to a point where I was like, yo, I'm getting mad over little dumb shit just to have sex you- after. That's wild. <laughs> yo, that's <laughs> the first time I've ever heard of this. Yeah. Wow. Okay. I'm sure you could relate though, right? Like, do you, no, I never, you never felt that way with any of just your creating, exes? No, creating problems just to have amazing sex. I felt like women do that. Yeah. But I don't think they are addicted to doing that. I just think, oh, I know once we connect, we reconnect, the sex is going to be fire. I, I know that's in their mind. But for me, no, I never thought about that. Hmm. I think that you have to really think about all the times you created friction in any of your relationships and then really studied the behavior after. Right. Mm-hmm. Cause I don't think you're, you're aware or it's not even like a, uh, something that you're super like, um, coherent on doing. Mm-hmm. Right. But at the same time, sub- subconsciously, maybe that's what you're yeah. doing. Right. I think for me, after a situation like that, my yeah. insecurity level would have been up. Oh, for sure. it's like, yo, all right, where's this nigga at with the bigger dick? Like, yeah. are you enjoying the <laughs> sex? Because you were just with this nigga. Like, it would be like that. It would be bad. I'm terrible. Oh, my yeah. God. So it would have to be a lot of, like, proving to me, like, I, I'm the one now. I'm, I'm here. Yeah. So that, I would have reacted that way. Yeah. That's why I was asking, like, if it's, did anything change? But, um, but yeah, that's, that's funny. That it was an addiction, basically. Oh, of, yeah. All right, let me fuck with him, have sex. Fuck with him, have sex. When did it dwindle down when it became like, ah, right, we can't keep doing this? <sighs> I believe that third year that right before I got pregnant, I was like, yo, I'm 
done. Like if this isn't gonna go anywhere, mm -hmm. I cannot keep doing this shit. And um, people are gonna think I'm insane, but I we did plan that pregnancy. Um, it wasn't like a oopsies. Mm -hmm. Like we were full on in love, I mm -hmm. guess you want to call it or codependent. Um, but we were just, we were so codependent at that point where it was like, you know what? Let's just fuck it. Let's have a baby, you know? Mm -hmm. And I don't know, 23, 22. I was, I gave birth. No, no, no. I gave birth at 23. So became pregnant at 22 at 22 that's a hard you're not really fully adult then no, no, you're still a kid still a baby yeah. still a kid but again that just shows where how naive i was at that mm -hmm. point in my life and did you think all right we have this kid that's forever we're here forever yeah i thought like that was marriage. it i thought yeah. that was it i really thought okay how did your parents take to that my mom knew already. She's got this weird intuitive thing going on, mm -hmm. um, which I definitely have from her. She was like, I was waiting for you to tell me. She seen, damn. That's what she told me. I was only six weeks. I was like, how did you know? She was like, energy shift. <laughs> okay, Erica Badu. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, no, mom knew. She was very receptive, very um, supportive. My dad, um, I think he was disappointed. You know, mm -hmm. he was disappointed. My dad is an educator. They're both educators. Gotcha. Um, so, yeah, it was it was definitely like, damn, I definitely saw bigger things for you. But, you know, we support you and, yeah. you know, and I'm grateful for that, for that, um, for both of my parents being like, all right, we'll figure it out. Right, right. Yeah. Okay. All right. As long as you had support, that was. That was good because they could have disowned you. Like, oh, don't come back. Just Definitely. Making a decision like that. So that's good. Um, now you're, you're here. Yeah. Trying to plan a family out. Did anything shift in your relationship when it came to that? Was he very supportive? So as soon as I got pregnant, he told me he wanted me to abort it. Um, what? Yeah. And I was broken. But it was planned. It was planned. Yeah. But I guess he didn't realize how sex works. I don't know. I don't know. Um, Wait, explain that. What do you mean? Like, I don't think he realized, like, the what we were actually doing when we were doing it, I guess. Okay. When I, I said, come in me. Like, what did you think? Like, do you know what I mean? Yeah. And we had this conversation. It wasn't like, it was like full on, let's have a family. Let's create this baby. And he was like, yeah, let's create a baby. And that was that. But I don't really think he, it registered that the first time in trying, I would get pregnant. Mm. You know what I mean? Yeah. So he wow, aborted. What? Why would you think he said like that would be the? Oh, you want to hear the shit storm that comes after this? Yeah. What happened? Oh man. So the reason why, and I find out later on, is because he was giving his dick away to everybody, right? And at three weeks, at three months pregnant, I get DM'd by this girl. Um, who will remain anonymous because mm -hmm. she's already caused so much craziness in my life back then. Now I see how so hurt she's she a, was. We're going to give her a name, the shitty mom. We're going to call her what? The shitty mom. The shitty mom. <laughs> <laughs> so you the hippie mom, she the shitty mom. She the shitty mom. Um, we're all victims in this though. Like, oh wow. You know what I mean? All the, even her, even her. 
Like mm -hmm. I, I really have come to a point where I feel like anybody who's ever been loved by this person fell victim to that cycle. Mm -hmm. Um, but anyway, so she hits me up on DM. She goes, you're three months pregnant while I'm three weeks pregnant and I'm keeping it. Damn. I was like, three weeks? Well, how do you even know you're pregnant? So I thought she was lying. Mm -hmm. She. So I, I, I respond and I say, hey, mama, why don't you call me? Like, call me up. This is my number. Call me up. Mm -hmm. I want to talk to you. So we have this conversation and I'm like, you know what how do you know you're pregnant and like what's the dynamic between you and alex and she was just like well i've been fucking him for two months mm. and she she you know she went on to say like he's he told me that you guys broke up you know what and i was just like no we're fully together and she was like she told he told me that y'all break up every two weeks and i was like damn so like there's some truth to that because we did, yeah, you know, and he, she was telling me stuff that only he would know. Mm. And I was like, yo, they did pillow talk. It was pillow talking. Yep. Um, and I knew that she was telling the truth. So my beef was never with her, but she mm -hmm. took it weird. It was weird infatuation down the line to a point where I had to get a restraining order against her because it what got serious. She just got really obsessive. She started DMing me from all different types of accounts. She would make a fake account every few weeks. She would hit me up like, yeah, bitch, this is my man. And it was so ghetto. And I was just like, I'm so, <laughs> I'm so above this. I don't want to do this. Like, but again, I was, I was back to this cycle that we kept going into where I felt like, if we fight, then we create this beautiful makeup sex mm -hmm. or just makeup honeymoon stage, right? We go back into that honeymoon stage. Um, now I have a full on other person threatening my relationship. Now mm -hmm. that what that's going to do is get us closer. Do you know what that's, I mean? That's, that's what you built in your mind. Well, that's what kind of what happened. Oh, all right, all right, that's all right. exactly what happened. Like we have somebody threatening our relationship. Now, I say, quote unquote, threatening. Mm. When really she was the victim, but mm. however you want to put it, there is an external external person now coming into our dynamic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I'm like, yo, Alex, you got to fix this, like, or I'm out. He's like, that's never going to be a problem. She's lying. That's a jump off. Like, <laughs> I believed him. Uh, we go down the pregnancy. Pregnancy's okay. I was, um, I started like really taking my holistic health really seriously. Mm. I was like, there's another being inside, you know, I'm growing and I want to make sure that I eat right. So I uh, was building the foundation of the hippie mom and I didn't even know it. Gotcha. Um, and the pregnancy was, was good. It was copacetic. Mm -hmm. and it didn't stress you out? Nothing? No, I, I really love being pregnant. Like, I cannot wait to procreate again with the right person <laughs> uh <-huh. laughs> because it's such a beautiful, like, feeling life inside of you. And and I wish I, my headspace was better so that I could understand or fully grasp how in, 
incredibly monumental that phase mm-hmm. of my life was. But because I was so wrapped up in him, I missed a lot of that. You mm-hmm. know, I missed all of that. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, yeah, I mean, pregnancy was good. And then now fast forward to six weeks after I give birth, you know, Jude is here. He's here. He's mm-hmm. baby. I'm a new, I got a newborn baby now. Did you have a baby shower? We had a baby shower. Yeah. That was another thing. We got a baby shower and none of his friends showed up. What? Yeah. And I, and, and like a few of his family. And I thought that was really weird. His brother yeah. didn't want to come. And I was like, why doesn't anybody want to support us? But meanwhile, they were holding a secret. And I, I had no idea. Everyone was in on it but me. Um, but so we fast forward after. Actually, let's go back into the baby shower thing. So even after that baby shower and realizing that there's nobody there and like, what, what, like, why? Mm-hmm. Um, he was broken about it too. He, he made it seem like, I don't know. They just, they're not supportive or whatever. Mm-hmm. I just, I really didn't think anything into it. But even after the baby shower and like, we all went out to for like, well, I couldn't drink, but I, you know, I went with the crew um, some of my friends, some of his friends, and we went downtown in the city and uh, everyone's having a drink and I'm having, I'm eating food, like shitty bar food. <laughs> and um, he gets really drunk that night, like yeah. really, really drunk. And that was another thing. Like whenever he was drunk, he was abusive. So wow. not only uh, verbally, but physically too. And I was pregnant and uh, I remember him slapping me that night. Yeah. And that's when I was like, yo, this relationship is turning. So it wasn't mm. enough to be verbally abused, right? And I was like, okay, I could deal with that. Weird, right? But that's just how far I was willing to go. But the physical, once the physical started getting physical, um, whether I was putting my hands on him or he was you know, pushing me against the wall or slapping me like that night. Um, I've, I realized like, yo, I got to get out of this. Yeah. 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 I can't do this. It's going to get bad. That is. Um, he pushed me when I was 10 months or I'm sorry, nine months. I was just a few weeks away from my due date and he pushed me onto the couch um, because, and I remember us talking about this before recur- recording, but like never stop a man from leaving. Yeah. And I was trying to stop him from leaving. And he was drunk that night and he pushed me to get me out of the way. Yeah. Cause there's only two ways to get out that door. Yeah. It's either physical or call the cops. Yeah. And it's like, you stopping that man, just let him go. Just let him go. Yeah. Yeah. So I that's, was- yeah, that's, I'll, I'll, See, I think it was in the first season of uh, Insecure when mm. Issa um, was trying to stop Morris from going out. And I was like, it's that type of situation right there. A lot of women being, and they try to stop the man, stop the man. And I was like, then he put his hands on you. It's a problem. It's a problem, He goes yeah. to jail or whatever. Yeah, it's, it's wild. That's a scenario that people need to look at more and be like, yo, just let the man go. Just let the man go, yeah. yeah. I think that trying to 
digest anything and during that state nothing's gonna get right right resolved anyway so he ends up pushing you he ends up pushing me um but again i was pregnant so that was scary and yeah it just really it really turned bad but then so let's fast forward after so six weeks or my son is out he's six weeks old and i get a call by him we were living together at the time um he had just left the house he was acting really weird that morning and Mm. i was like okay whatever i don't care i'm sleep deprived i'm exhausted i don't give a fuck if he's cheating on me like it is yeah literally you gotta understand six weeks with the newborn Okay, my nipples are on fire. <laughs> I am so sleep deprived. This kid won't go to sleep. My, you know, my boobs hurt. I'm, they're engorged. I'm breastfeeding. I don't mm. know what the fuck I'm doing. I got an unsupportive uh, person who is there, but not mentally there, right? Mm-hmm. He would check out all the time. So at that point, I was like, I don't even care. Because I got to take care of my baby. Mm-hmm. Um, but I get a call as soon as he leaves. And I'm like, hey, babe, what's up? And he goes, I got to talk to you. And mm-hmm. I go, what's up? And I was like, what's wrong? And he goes, I have a daughter. And mm. she has cancer in her left eye. You never knew about this daughter? I never knew about this fucking daughter. Um. I never knew. I had no idea. Um, I said, how old is the little girl? And he's like, I'm sorry, my phone's going to die. Click. I don't hear from homeboy for two days after. Yeah. So he's living with us. Mind you, he didn't come home. Yeah. His phone is off. Um, I'm like, this little girl now is here. I don't know who this is and who's it by. And we call, I call Alex's mom up and I go, hey, like, you know, he just told me that he has a daughter. Please explain to me what's going on. And she was like, look, before you react, I want you to know that I had no idea. And I was like, tell me what the fuck is going on? And she just was like, Imani, I'm going to tell you this, but I want you to just breathe. And I was like, okay, I'm calm. Now tell me. Mm-hmm. She goes, well, you know, so-and-so. So she mentioned the girl's name and it was his best friend at the time who was mm. always involved in our relationship. Um, Like, you know, just like somebody who's in the background or whatever, yeah, yeah, yeah. but I never liked her. And um, I never liked her because energetically I could feel that she... Wanted him. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And I knew that. But yeah. for some reason I didn't have proof <clears throat> and she wasn't physically his type so i was just like whoa i'm being insecure there's no like there's no way right right come to find out they were fucking the whole five years you know um and she even claimed that i was the side chick and (laughs) that she was the one with the main relationship and yeah so anyways she had his kid and that was their daughter and that was the one with um, cancer in her left eye. And sadly, the little girl did have to get her left eye removed. What? Um, yeah. yeah. And, you know, to this day, I actually, I don't really know much about the daughter or or what's going on in her life, but she has a glass eye for sure. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah. And then, you know, fast forward to finding that out, 
Um, and him finally picking up the phone, right? Because he disappeared from the face of the earth for two days. Mm-hmm. I finally get him on line, you know, on the phone, and I'm like, you know, your mom told me everything, and how could you? Mm-hmm. Like, how could you do this to us? Even the other chick, the shitty mom. Yeah. He he. he. Uh, admitted to that one? Oh, she like disappeared. She didn't make a full appearance. She didn't start harassing me until she had her kid. Mm. I didn't realize though that she was even pregnant the whole time. I just figured like she was lying. Yeah, yeah. But she was not lying. And so he had three kids that whole year, all the same age. Mm. So three kids, including my son. Um, So two other other babies by two other women. Um, and that, that was, that was really the pivotal moment where I was like, I gotta choose me. Like, I gotta walk away from this. Mm -hmm. This is so ghetto. This does not reflect who I am as a person. Right. You Um, wasn't scared to be a parent, uh, a single mom. And all I knew was if I stayed in that, he was going to kill me or he was going to kill my son. Mm. And it wasn't going to be on purpose. It was going to be his anger, his problems. Mm-hmm. You know, at that point, it was physical abuse. I was really nervous that it was going to come down to my kid. And at, at that point, you turn a mom and it really does activate this weird, like, mama bear, you mm-hmm. know. And you, all you want to do is protect your cub. Um, I think that having my child definitely was my wake up call. And mm-hmm. I was like, you know what? This isn't love. This is not what I want for my kid. Um, But, you know, even knowing all of this, even knowing all of the kids, the infidelity, the abuse and all of that, we Mm -hmm. still even would come. I mean, he was co-parenting. We were trying to co-parent at that point. He was coming around and we would hook up. Mm. And, uh, you know, it was a point in time where he come over and he was just, he was just like charged. I can't even uh, explain it, but we would fight about the kids all the time. We fight about his daughters all the time. Uh, Mainly me bringing it up and saying, how could you? And him being defensive. Mm -hmm. And one of the times where the fight got so bad and my son was in my arms and he went to get my phone and he pushed the phone out of my hand. It fell to the floor, shattered. Because, um, yeah, he, he really, like, threw that shit. And he's, like, being weird and possessive. Like, let me see your phone. Um, and he's like, you got guys around my son. Like, that's not fair, whatever. And he was just so, like, charged. He punched the, the wall behind us. And my son's in my arms. And I run to the next room in our apartment and I lock the door and I use my son's iPad to call um, my best friend to call 911. Mm-hmm. Um, I FaceTime my best friend. I said, you need to call the cops right now. I'm, I'm fear for my life and for my son's life. And the cops came and uh, we did not file a police report. Mm-hmm. and. I think I've I think I went back to him even after all of that what? too. Yeah. Yeah. And and that's the thing with this. And I want to make this really clear. Someone who's in this abuse cycle does not, it is not them anymore. It's not them. Mm-hmm. 
you are taken over by the persona or the the abusive cycle it it goes back to that flight or freeze thing where Mm -hmm. i told you your body is now so used to being in flight or, or freeze that you start wanting or yearning or looking out for uh, different scenarios that are going yeah. to activate that, that vortex in you. Um, so at this point, this is a scientific uh, addiction. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is something that's happening in your brain. Um, so when you hear all these women who are abused go right back to the mm-hmm. situation, you're like, yo, that girl is dumb. Nah, it's really that she is like, you got to think of like any drug. She's addicted. Yeah. And that's what it was for me. Uh, a full-on addiction to a person. Mm. And how did you finally let go? Oh, man. to that point? I finally let go. I woke up one day. Mm-hmm. Wait, hold on. Before you get yeah. into that, no one knew what you was going through, you said, right? Um, like, they couldn't see it. They couldn't... Did you have a switch? Were you like, I'm going to be normal, but knowing deep down, like, you're going through some hell at home. My best friend knew. My mom knew. Um, my dad didn't know until I told him. Mm. Um, but yeah, um, no one really knew. And then it wasn't until the the babies came out, you know, that everyone was like, now you cannot fuck with this guy. Like you got to leave. Like, so there was interventions. There were a lot of times where my family had to sit me down and say, listen, like you need to, you need to go. Like you need to leave. but I don't know when you're in that and someone's telling you, you, you got to leave again. Any ex you're like now someone's, um, they're like threatening our relationship and your mind is sick. Right. Your mind is thinking your, your relationship is threatened. So you go even closer to that person. And so the, a lot of the times when we would have those interventions or people would tell me like, you got to leave this person. Um, I was just getting closer and closer to to him. Mm. Um, but yeah, so one, what really made me wake up was my son's diagnosis. Yeah. And that was when I realized, okay, I gotta, we gotta, it's not about us anymore. It's not about me. It's not about his dad. It's about my son. And we, like, he's not talking anymore. So I need to figure out what's going on. Um, when I realized the how unaffected and how unaffazed he was about our son, I was like, how could he reject something that is of him? Mm-hmm. And I think that I have a shot of his love mm-hmm. when he doesn't even love his kids, all three, you know? Um, so that was the wake-up call right there. I think it was really like him not trying to come around and see Jude, him not like wanting to be involved, and that was it for me. I was like, I gotta do better. I gotta yeah. choose better for my son, and yeah. that was that. I literally woke up one day and I said, "No more. Enough is enough." And I got into breath work. I got into herbs. I got into my spirituality. Now he wasn't living with you at the time. No, that was that. That was it. So he was gone. You told him that you wanted to leave, and I, I, he, he, no. We were together in an apartment. I packed all his shit up one night and I said, you got to come and get your stuff. Um, He said, okay. Mm. 
And uh, he brought his dad and they packed it up in the car and he left. And that was that. Un, like never spoken to him? Um, It was like months of increments. He would try. He would text. I would just ignore. He would text. Um, use Jude as an excuse to come around. But really, he wasn't really caring. Or maybe he did, but there was always an agenda, right? He tried the suicide thing? He wasn't doing the suicide <laughs> anymore, um, which I knew it was done because I was like, you're not really done if you're not threatening your life. Um, <laughs> <laughs> That's crazy. I know. Uh-huh. Crazy, right? But yeah, man, it's wild. I think that the biggest thing I take from this is, you know, or to anyone who's listening, I think that if you're in, you find yourself in that vortex, in that portal, I like to call it, because it's not like you're here anymore. You're in your own little realm with that mm-hmm. abusive cycle. Um, you got to love yourself. Yeah. You got to love yourself. And that's really what the lack, that's the main thing. I didn't love myself. Mm-hmm. I didn't value myself. Mm. Um, and I didn't need to prove anything to anybody to be loved. Right. You know? Right. Yeah. Right. So how did, was your son part of your healing? Definitely. And while I was healing, trying to heal him and mm-hmm. get him into the therapies and all the, all the things with early intervention and all the other acronyms that come along with autism. Mm -hmm. And for anyone who has a special needs kid, you'll understand what I'm talking about. There's so many acronyms. Yeah. Um, I was healing myself too. So I was trying to find out what herbs are going to help him and his moods. But then I was also trying to find herbs that are going to help with my depression. And Mm -hmm. so I was going through a really, really rough time of postpartum depression. And that just was like terrible. Yeah. Yeah. Um, But by the grace of God, man, I, I really go back to my relationship with God because I don't see myself ever being this strong without God. Right. Um, and I, I vividly feel like I feel I remember feeling just peace in a time of complete chaos. And I'm mm-hmm. like, that can't be nothing but God, mm-hmm. you know, Um and having prophetic dreams, having messages from random people, people coming up to me and saying, you know, you're destined for this. I see you being influential for that. Mm-hmm. Um, those are those yeah. are messengers. Those are, yeah. you know. So, yeah. That's dope. That's mm-hmm. dope. Um, and you was like completely over him. After. Yeah, I was I was pretty much over him, but I kept searching for him in other people. So I say that because. I was like looking for like I would I was dating um, at the time and I kept attracting different type versions of him. So pretty boys and literally like the same type of the same type. And I was like thinking I was doing it differently. But when I when I. I dealt with the last person who kind of like resembled him and. And, you know, mimicked his style and, and his, perso- his persona, I realized like, yo, I got to heal. I got to be by myself. Mm-hmm. I can't keep, there's a reason why I keep going for the same person. Um, you know, I got to heal my, it's called psycho-cybernetics. It's really your, your mental, where your mental temperature stays at, right? Mm-hmm. 
if you think of your conditioning, how you do like the things that you do, um, it's because your cycle cybernetics is, is put on a um, temperature. Mm-hmm. Let's say like, for instance, the AC is set at 75. Mm-hmm. The AC unit's going to be blowing out air that is going to be 75 degrees in the room, mm-hmm. right? So your cycle cybernetics is your AC unit. Mm-hmm. And you can change the unit. You can change the degree mm-hmm. in which your brain operates, if that makes sense. So if you're operating in this weird flight or freeze response, mm-hmm. then you got to reprogram your mind to be at a different gotcha. yeah, response. Yeah. Okay, okay. And what that takes what? God, that takes so much therapy. Yeah. It takes a lot of therapy. It takes a lot of shadow work. It takes a lot of recognizing where you fucked up. Mm-hmm. A lot of self-awareness. You mm-hmm. have to be honest with yourself. Gotcha. You got to go deep too. You got to go back into your childhood and see where, where was it mm-hmm. that I started to have to perform for love. Mm. Um, and all of that will really, that will mess with you because you'll unpack so much. Yeah, and yeah. healing's layers and layers and layers and layers. Right. And I don't think you're ever going to be fully healed. That's one thing I'm starting to realize that it's not you're going to get to a certain level and then you enter nirvana. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's not like it's not like that. There's constant healing mm-hmm. that's going to be having to do that I'm going to have to do. But like anybody who's dealt with this type of abuse, um, maybe a lifetime, to be honest. Right. right. My nervous system's wow. all messed up. Like. Hmm. you know yeah that's deep wow so even now this day you still working on yourself oh yeah I do the affirmations in the morning I stretch you know I meditate I pray I'm a part of a a woman's prayer group that's been changing my life um actually um manifesting a lot of things and I'm starting to realize that you Words have, a, have huge impact. Yeah. Did you have, do, do you ever f- try to find Alex to be a father in all the time, life? all mm-hmm. the time? And that's the thing, too. I forgive him. Mm-hmm. You no, know? this is not from a place of hurt. I truly want nothing but his healing. I mm-hmm. want him to find himself. I want him to heal because I want him to be a dad, right, you know, right. to all his kids, but to mine specifically. And um, because my son is special needs, he needs special attention. Mm-hmm. He needs his dad. And I've had those conversations. I've been so open and honest with him. I've he's seen he's seen the um, he's seen it like the change and stuff. But he he's just not open to it. And I can't make anybody. Can't force yeah, I can't force anybody. Yeah. All right. Um, I know we got a short amount of time. Yeah, uh, we should. Pro- my son will be here pretty soon. Okay, we're going to wrap it up a little mm-hmm. bit. Um, um, few questions. Where did you see positive love or just love in general? Oh wow! Growing, like That's in your deep. life, positive love. <sighs> um, my mom was a great model. She's she deals with her own mental health. Mm-hmm. My mom is bipolar. Mm-hmm. Um. Uh, which is another, that's a whole other op- episode, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, my mom is, my mom is a great example of someone who is super selfless, is just condition, unconditional with her love. Mm-hmm. Um, 
her love can be a, a lot, you know, and yeah. can be too much sometimes, but she means well. So that was a really positive influence. My dad too, but there's, there's a weird disconnect with him that he needs to, we're still working on that relationship. <laughs> that's hard. That's another, that's a lot. He's just very, um, he's like transactional with his love. Hmm. Um, and I don't think he's ready for, for that connection uh, where it has to be completely not surface level. Yeah, yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, it yeah. takes a certain type of openness that I don't think he's ready for. But we are healing. Is he a stern, like tough guy? Like No, he's a cancer. He's he's oh. a yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's emotional. He's he's a he helps us financially though a lot. And you know, he helps us. Um but I feel like he's very like, you got to go to school. You got to get your degree and you got to get a good job. And my career path is really like mm-hmm. intuitive and it's not. It's not the traditional it's way. It's not the yeah. traditional way. Yeah. So I don't feel like I get that same respect as if I were to go to school. And, gotcha. Yeah. Yeah. We already talked about your biggest lesson learned from yeah. this. You already said it. Um, for somebody going through a heartbreak or a breakup, what's some advice you would give them? <sighs> Well, if you're not doing the self-love, you're doing it wrong. If you're not incorporating ways, and this goes way deeper than bubble baths and bath bombs. Yeah. This is really looking at your patterns and seeing why you're doing the things you're doing. I think journaling is the biggest help for me. Uh Journaling, figuring out those overthinking storms because they come. And it's really easy so once you realize that you're, once you become so self-aware of, of your patterns and why you do the things you do, you start becoming like really stingy with who you spend your energy with. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, but that, that also is kind of dangerous, the isolation into, um, but anyway, I would give just journaling, journal your heart out. Anytime you feel the need to vent mm-hmm. journal. Because you don't want to stay stuck in that place of right, right. victim. You want to move mm. on. You can definitely find, you can change your cycle cybernetics. Mm-hmm. And, and I really do recommend everybody look that up because mm-hmm. this is something, this is, there's a science to this. This is not just spiritual yeah, shit. Yeah. This is yeah. like real what's happening in your brain. So I leave here, I'm going to look it up. <laughs> look it up, look it up. Yeah. And it really will help you heal realize like yeah. this is why you're doing the things you're doing mm. but right. journaling journaling is the That's main the thing yeah. all right last but not least i know you were stuck here a oh song yeah you would like to dedicate to your ex oh hold up let me pull this up uh bill withers use me and why did you choose that because they're talking he's talking about a love that uses him but in the end he goes it's okay that you're using me because I'm using you too. Mm. And that's the, that was our relationship in a nutshell. He was using me for the external validation and I was using him for the internal validation. Wow. Uh, yes. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Now, Erica Badu. Yes. My wife. Oh, she, she has a song. I forgot the name of the song. I love her. But she says, use me, but don't abuse me. Mm. Mm-hmm. Which is like how I live my life. Like use me in a positive way, but don't, abuse it like don't take don't advantage it, yeah 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 so 
I like that that you used that song. It brought me back to that. I have a quick Erica Badu story, by the way. Go ahead. Okay, so one time I was in Brooklyn and she was DJing for how, set. how recent was this? This was two, two years, years, two years. I got ago. arrested that day. Going to that Really? That, yeah. No. I had way. a suspended license and I got arrested. Oh shit. Yeah, so I had to spend we need to get in... you a crystal or something. <laughs> <laughs> so I was we heading to, to that. You... Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, yes. Yeah, so we were there. Uh, it was me and my friend, Steffi, at the time. Um, she's still my friend. That's my bitch. But we were there and um, Erica Badu was playing a set and she played Mary Jane. Mm-hmm. And she pulled out a joint. And I was front row. And me and her have been eye-fucking the whole time. <laughs> So she pulls out the joint and I looked at her and I don't know, in my head, my drunk self, I was so drunk at that point. I was like, yo, I'm going to get that joint for some reason. I I knew it. So I told Stephanie, I said, Stephanie, I'm going to get that joint and I'm going to smoke that joint. And she's (laughs) like, how are you going to smoke it? And I was like, watch me manifest. Mm -hmm. So I just gave her a look and I said, you know, motion the smoker, like, yo, let me hit it. And she she looked at her security guard. Um, and the security guard said, okay, like they did a nod. He's she she was like, pass that to her. Mm. Yo, everybody in the room heard it too. And cause she said in like the speaker, in the mic, yeah. In the mic. And uh the rest is history. He passed it, it went down like five people, different people, they all passed it to me. I took a hit. I took two hits. Stephanie was like, yo, bitch, how did you manifest that? I was like, yo, like, we're insane. That's dope. That's dope. That was dope. I was supposed to be there. I'm jealous. Damn, that was a night yeah. to never And I forget. knew it. Like, I was almost, I was on, Um, I was, I was heading there, and I seen the cops, and I went past them. Oh, my God. And I was like, I hope they don't pull me over. And they pulled me over. And I even know, because I, I, I have Delaware plates, and I didn't know I was getting tickets, and I was suspended. And it was like, you got to come out the car. That's I'm like, sucks. but I'm heading to Eric Badu. <laughs> it was like, you got to come with us. And I was like, <gasps> the vibe there, the yeah. people. Oh, such a vibe. Yeah. Such Every time she DJs in Brooklyn, I try to go. She's but incredible. Thank you, Hippie Mom. Oh, uh, yeah. For thank doing you this. so much for having me. I'm just so blessed to be in a place where I can say this story and not cry. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, like if you're going through this, you're hearing this, this, episode i just want you to know that you're not alone you're not crazy that's not why stupid. i do this yeah. you know it's your cycle mm-hmm. cybernetics guys yeah. look that up by the way and and just know that once you rewire your mind you are the most powerful being mm-hmm. that has ever existed you are god manifested mm-hmm. in a way you know and so if you keep that in the back of your mind that you are anointed you are protected you listen to use your empath as a superpower rather than it being a crutch Mm -hmm. you can get far in life right yeah i agree where can people find you ah what are you doing are you selling these uh we smoke some some herb Um, real herb yeah (laughs) it wasn't no marijuana you put some stuff in there yes so i am quickly i'm doing um Herbal cigarettes and and blends, tea blends. And you can right now just hit me up on at the hippie, H-I-P-P-Y mom um, on IG and DM me. But it's eventually going to be um, hopefully by the time this is on platforms that oh, I'll have my website up. 
And I'm super excited. I can't wait. I just want everybody to get the power of the herbs. Like we got to go back to what our ancestors were doing because at this time I feel like we're not empowered in when it comes to growing food or Mm -hmm. having our own resources to medicine. We're completely relying on other things. I just want other people to realize that they have the healer within themselves. Not just ginger ale, right? Not just ginger (laughs) ale and chicken noodle soup. (laughs) That's not funny. That don't don't heal. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah. And then, you know, to moms too, man, like, don't be afraid. If you're a smoker, you Mm -hmm. you know, you need that time. And that's kind of what my brand represents. It's to give the awareness to special needs mothers, but also to be come come from a very like human place. Like Mm -hmm. this shit is hard. Right. And take time for you. And so hopefully those products that I have um, embody that. That's good. That's good. I'm glad to have you on. That was a good episode. Are we done? Yep. Yeah. And that's Views of an X. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you, buddy.